you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. When the Iron Lady sings it, that's when you know it's official. I'm so glad I don't have to sing that thing after 15 years. Folks, welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys coming by. Remember, the Chris Voss Show is the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as your mother-in-law because she never liked you anyway. And uh, you know, we all know the reasons why. She wanted, you, she wanted her daughter to marry Bob. I don't know who Bob is, but it's a callback joke. Anyway, Bob. But, uh, you know, Bob Bob does have that great swell job, and his life turned out pretty good. So uh, work on yourself, will you? Anyway, guys, welcome to the big show. For 15 years, we've been bringing you the CEOs, the billionaires, the White House presidential advisors, the U.S. ambassadors, Congress members, governors, you name it. Just the most intelligent people on the planet, the intelligent authors, and of all the intelligent people that have been on the show, none of them are me, of course. I think we all know that at this point. So that's why we have guests on the Chris Voss Show. What we ask you to do in return for the small pittance that we beg, plead, and grovel for is please refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. For the love of God, people! Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, Chris Voss one on the tickety talkity, and uh, let's see, Chris Voss, Facebook.com. Subscribe the big LinkedIn newsletter and 130,000 group over there. Today, we have an amazing author on the show and successful entrepreneur. You're going to learn so much from him because if you don't, or else, I don't know why I think that's funny <laughs> on the show, but I just like calling it back. He's the author of the latest book that came out June 3rd, 2023, entitled No. The Psychology of Sales and Negotiations, 40 Lessons in Negotiation from a Street Smart Negotiator, part of his Fee Force Multiplier series. Brian Will is going to be joining us on the show today. You may know him from his massive book he put out in 2021 that was hugely popular as well, The Dropout Multimillionaire, 37 Business Lessons on How to Succeed in Business with No Money. No education and no clue. Geez, that's how I started my first company, 18. Wait, is this my biography? And I still have no clue. So we'll be talking to him about uh, on the show and all that's gone into what he's done. He is a serial entrepreneur and a two-time Wall Street Journal bestselling author and leading consultant in business and sales management. He's had a dynamic career where he's had the privilege of founding or co-founding seven highly successful companies across four distinct industries with valuations soaring over half a billion dollars at their height. His journey has been marked by spearheading turnarounds for diverse companies from startups to fortune 500 firms guiding them to generate billions of dollars in sales he's a fractional coo serial entrepreneur let's see seven x startups three x exits podcast host business consultant coach welcome to the show brian how are you chris i am excited to be here but i have to start off and wonder how many of your guests got the reference to bob that, that's my life story right there. I love that song. Bob? You love Bob? Oh, there's a song about Bob? What is the song? George Thorogood, get a haircut oh. and get a real job. Go oh, be like yeah. your big brother, Bob. Oh, yeah. I love George Thorogood, man. <laughs> I was I just that's where you're going with that. No, we use Bob as like a Bob's like the token callback abuse name that we use. Like anytime right. we want to throw abuse at someone stupid, you know. <laughs> 
you know, your coworker, Bob, you know, or the guys, you know, we always just, for some reason. Well, now you got to go oh. listen to the song, Get a Haircut by George Thurgood. It's all I about love that. George Thurgood. I was just listening the other night to, you know, I was listening to, who did he take the song from? Beer, bourbon, and. Uh, yeah, one whiskey, one scotch, and one beer. Yeah, and I was listening to who originally wrote the song, and uh, I was like, I gotta listen to George Thurgood's version because I kind of like his. His is amped up really nice, and it's just because that 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 swing drive or blues drive, yep. whatever you want to call it. Anyway, we're not getting any royalties from him, so fucking. <laughs> so Brian, and we we should mention you're you're like a TikTok star now, so you're you're that too. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I, I'm I'm still in the baby star phase phase, I think. But that is how I met you. So. Yeah, that's how we met. I, I saw your videos and you're putting out this intelligent stuff and I just, you know, you're you're wrecking the Chinese algorithm that's trying to destroy everyone's mind and putting I, out intelligent content. I literally looked in and said, holy crap, Chris Voss just friended me on TikTok and I called my publicist. I said, I want to be on his show. And yeah. Here we are. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, it beats the other show because he doesn't have a podcast. Fuck that guy. <laughs> he hijacked our brand in 2016. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I wish I had an FBI manual to plagiarize. But I didn't. <laughs> I wrote my own book. Anyway, so Brian, give us a 30,000 overview of what you do and how you do it in your words. You know, I spent 35 years building companies, did two venture capital exits, one private equity exit, but I started out in landscaping. So I'm a kid who failed out of high school didn't have any place to go, started a landscaping company because all you got to do is dig holes, right? And mow grass yeah. and eventually turn that into two venture capital accidents and a private equity wow. in the insurance industry and internet marketing. And then went into consulting, did, did sales and management training for fortune 500 companies and then started writing books and bought a chain of restaurants and got into politics and ran for city council and won. And huh. I'm on the Chris Voss show. So I have reached my pinnacle. You've reached the pinnacle of the career. That's actually a joke we use sometimes with bias when we read them. So there you go. You, you may have been watching the show before. So give us an overview of this latest book that you put out. You had a huge success with the <laughs> dropout multi-manor, which we'll touch on, but uh, no, the Psychology of Sales and Negotiations. What motivated you want to write this book and what's inside? Yeah, I did sales training for years, big sales teams with Fortune 500 public and private companies. And I've, I've, I kind of mastered this sales training course that I did and I've, I've got it on video. It's a sales training course on video. And and I finally decided one day, I said, hey, why not, why not just put it into book form? That way, when people call and ask me all these questions, I can say, hey, man, read the book. So we wrote the book and it it's really about the psychology of sales, not cheesy sales lines. It's not about, you know, how to get people to do things they don't want to do. It's about understanding what that person's thinking, how they're going to react, and what you should say based on how they're going to react. Because if you can learn those things, then you can become a much, much better salesperson. There you go. And being, once you learn sales, sales is the, like one of the most important things you can learn. And, and what a lot of people don't realize is everyone's always selling. I mean, I, I'll meet people and they're like, I don't like sales. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, you're selling everything. You sell your girlfriend on why she should go out with you. Yep. Boyfriend, you know, if you're selling, you know, people on your image, your brand all day long, the cars you buy, the, the things you own, yep. you know, it, sell your image to people. You're selling yourself to employers. If you work for other people, I, I don't, I'm, I don't have that ability because I don't play well with others. <laughs> so what are some of the tips and techniques you give in the book to help generate what you did with billion dollars in sales? You know, we, one of the first things we teach people in the sales environment is that they have to overcome the first objection. And the first objection is something that most salespeople miss, hmm. but it, it applies to literally every sales situation in the world, no matter what you do and no matter what product. Mm -hmm. And the first sales objection is that you are a salesperson. 
Mm. And people generally distrust salespeople. It's not that they distrust you. You might be a great guy, right? You coach Little mm -hmm. League, you got kids, you hang out, you have parties. But when you put your sales hat on, people get, a, they're, they're afraid of you. They're afraid mm -hmm. of your voodoo sales magic. They're afraid of <laughs> what you're going to try to get them to do. They're afraid you're going to make them overpay. They're, they're afraid of the unknown and they're afraid of being sold. And so that is the first objection that most people miss. It you sounds like me on Tinder dates. Yeah, you got to figure out how to get through that wall of mistrust that is automatically between you and that client. Mm -hmm. And if you can figure out how to get through that wall of mistrust, then you will begin to get them to trust you and like you and your chances of success mm -hmm. go up infinitely. So let me ask you this is what are some of the keys to getting beyond that wall? Is it building rapport? Is it qualifying? We, I tell most people that the wall of mistrust is based on a fear of the unknown mm -hmm. and it's based on a fear of being sold. Right? Uh -huh. So if I already know that you're afraid of being sold and I already know that when you start talking to me, you're in your mind, you're thinking, okay, what's he going to do next? Is he going to try to close me? Is he going to try to, what's going to happen next? And so your, your customer, your client is so concerned on what you're going to do next. And in that defensive posture, we got to overcome it. So I say, listen, Chris, I, I know you're interested in my product, but this is kind of way, this is kind of how this has to work. I'm going to need to ask you a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to, if I feel like my product will satisfy what you're looking for, I will give you some options. I will go over your pricing and then I'm going to let you decide if that works for you. Now, is that fair enough? Yeah. Yeah. And that way, you know that I'm going to ask questions and then I'm going to give you some options in pricing and then you get to decide. I'm not going to sell you. And I always end with, hey, is that fair enough? Ah, and when you, you say go. yes, then I have permission to move forward in the process. And now it's all about me asking a thousand questions. Mm -hmm. Too many salespeople try to pitch and pitching doesn't work. Oh, yeah. And you got your first yes, too. So you're on. You the got your first yes. That's exactly I read a few right. Zig Ziglar books in my day. <laughs> the uh, wish I had an honor to meet him. The man saved my life, made my life, saved my life. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 we live in a really weird world with sales because you're probably like I am. You, you grew up in the old sales world where you, you qualify people, you build rapport, you, you, you know, you got to know your customer first, laid a foundation, and then you usually sold them from that. You know, nowadays, just people come right at you with the pitch, man. They don't even warm it up. They don't even take you to dinner. They just go right <laughs> for home base and try and close you. And, you know, I, like LinkedIn is like the worst for it. Oh, my get, gosh. Can't, yeah. can't stand it. Like people will hit me up and they'll be like, hey, do you want to retail some steel that we wholesale? And you're like, in what where did you get on my profile that I some this is even in my, my wheelhouse? My favorite is the fact that my my LinkedIn profile says I'm city councilman. Oh, so I get I get I get messages saying, "Hey, is the city of Alpharetta tired of people showing up and not buying anything? Was the city like to get more leads?" And I'm like, "What? It, oh, we looked at your profile and we were really impressed. <laughs> Would the city yeah. like to get more leads? We can help." You know, you like, can change that, Brian, right? The <laughs> profile. <laughs> The, you are uh, lying to me. I don't even like you anymore. Yeah, it's like insane. It's the worst if you own a podcast like mine that's pretty successful. And we pump out live on on LinkedIn, and then we pump out the LinkedIn newsletter, and we got a hundred thirty thousand group, and and then we we're usually pumping out tons of. I think we're a little bit behind. We're usually pump out ten minute segments of the show, and so they see us everywhere. And yep. these these podcast promoters from India, Pakistan, I don't know what happened to the generation here in America, but for some reason, Pakistan, India, and I don't know, Badabad, whatever, has, has somehow become the central hub of podcast promotions. 
Mm-hmm. And and then of course uh, pack your uh, the Philippines or the VA group, which is a little bit more legitimate, I think. But yeah, it's like I just tell me what country you're you're messaging me from, and I'll tell you your pitch. <laughs> but yeah, they just go right for it. And you know, I mean, one of the things that I used to teach my salespeople, and this was like this is like a law because if you didn't follow it, you were gonna fuck up our systems. And I taught my salespeople, and we'd monitor for it too on our calls. And the first question I wanted to ask was, what are you trying to accomplish? And mm-hmm. shut the fuck up and listen. Yeah. Yep. And it, it was a great way. You know, I think I learned it from some consultants that came into the car business when I was very young. And they said, quit saying, how can I help you? <laughs> how can I help you? You know, and people hated that. It was, a, you know, immediate close off yep. what you've talked about yep. but uh, that seemed to be a way in but i like your foundation where you, you where you basically build a foundation you say hey is this fair and then how do we move from there and and so uh, so that i mean that's a great way to approach it and get people into it what are some other tips you want to tease out on the book you know the rest of it when we go through the sales training with a team is I like to say that no matter what product you're selling, your sales team is probably getting the same four or five objections Mm -hmm. all the time, 80, 90% of the time. So if we're going to redo your sales system, we're going to identify what those four or five objections are, and -hmm. we're going to build a set of questions into your fact-finding portion of the process to overcome those objections before, this is the key, we overcome objections before the client has them. Too many people are trying to teach you how to overcome objections after you've pitched. Yeah. If you're trying to overcome objections, then you screwed the whole sales process up. That's true. I should already know what you're looking for, why you're looking for it, when you're looking for it. Have you shopped someplace else? Do you have pricing in mind? Do you understand what you're going to buy? I need to know all these things before I ever pitch you my product. If I'm waiting to overcome objections till later, I've already blown it. So our entire sales training system is about overcoming objections before they have them. That's usually what I do in our, my pitches. I'm trying to address the other things. And some people will complain and be like, your pitches is a bit long. But then, but then they'll go, but you know, I understand. I understand everything is. I'm like, okay, well, you know, yes or no at this point. But laying that foundation where you pre, you pre sell things. I mean, people, it clicks off the check boxes in their head. And so they can yeah. clear from it. And if you keep getting them to, you know, positive affirmation after positive affirmation, mm-hmm. we do what we call pause for effect and check in. Does that make sense? You understand how mm-hmm. that works? Does that pricing work the way you're at? Does that, is that going to, and then by the time you get to the end, there is no close. They've already told you that everything is awesome. The price is awesome. The product's awesome. The benefits are awesome. And you go, oh, well, sounds like this is what you're looking for. You want to go ahead and write it up. I mean, there's that's the whole close. I mean, that's the magic close. But magic you have to do the process and the, to, to, to get there. Definitely, definitely. Let's do, delve into your book, The Dropout Millionaire, 37 Business Lessons on How to Succeed in Business. No money, no education, and no clue, which is... Yeah where I'm at after 55 years. <laughs> so the, at least the no clue part, no education either. I never went to college. So tell us why you wrote the book in that format with that title. You know, it's funny when I started writing that book, it was intended to be more of a technical how to start a business and build it. But the farther I got into the book, the more I realized that the people reading this book have so many different situations, different backgrounds, different challenges, different opportunities that there's no way to write a book that could encompass everything. And so I switched to more of the soft skills psychology behind why people succeed and why people fail. I've done enough coaching and training and consulting that I see the same problems over and over and over. 
And those are the problems that are keeping you from succeeding. As I like to say in the book, if, if Joe, who's been a plumber, starts his own plumbing business, he'd been working for 15 years, he starts his own business, he calls it Joe's Plumbing. Mm-hmm. If Joe's plumbing fails, it will not be because Joe doesn't know how to be a plumber. It will be because Joe doesn't know how to run a business. Yep. That's the key to business. It's the business inside the business. And that's what my book is about. It's really about the psychology and the soft skills and everything behind operating the business, not the technical side. That's really important. The you know, a lot of people don't do that. Like attorneys, they famously go to school, but they're never taught the business side. Right. Of it. And the business side of it is so key, especially because it, it's a turnkey, just about any sort of business format or industry you want to take and do. You know, once you learn kind of the basic mechanisms of running a business and how to do a business, how to innovate and stuff, mm-hmm. you can pretty much go in and do anything like you have. You are exactly right. If you know business, you know business. If you can run a mm-hmm. business, you can run a business, right? Mm-hmm. It's so many people, like I own a little chain of restaurants and people are like, oh, the only thing that's important is good food and good service. No, it's not. You will go bankrupt if that's all you're worried about, right? Yeah. I had a guy come to me and say, hey, can you help me? I'm not making any money. And I said, what are your food costs, liquor costs, labor costs, and revenue over rent? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? Where, do you do a set of profit and loss statements? He goes, not really. I'm like, what are you even doing in business? He goes, yeah, but we have award-winning cheesesteak hoagie. I'm huh, like, well, la-di-da. There's that. But that that only take you so far. We had somebody on the show recently who who does a lot of blue collar TikToks and he's got a huge following and he helps he helps show blue collar people how they can, you know, become millionaires mm-hmm. building their business. But when he first started his company, the first year or two, he had immense success, but he was underpricing his jobs, yeah. which is kind of what he's doing. And he ended up, I think it was like a hundred or two hundred grand upside down. Within a year or two, and it was threatening to throw him into bankruptcy. Let me and, ask you something, Chris. You know how yeah. to build a billion-dollar company? It's really mm-hmm. easy if you spend $1.2 billion to do it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you get a VC to fund it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, if I spend more than I re- generate in revenue, it's easy to build a big business. But yeah. you gotta, that isn't going to work. I think they call that the WeWork model. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they gave that guy more money after all that. I think they call that the Theranos, Theranos, Theranos yeah. market. Elizabeth, is that her name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it was interesting to me. He, 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 and he talks about on TikTok, this young man, he, he talks about how he, you know, he, he lost like all this money and now, now he's, you know, he's, he's working through it and stuff. I'm sure probably some of it was, maybe he wasn't paying his taxes right or something, but somehow he ended up quite upside down. And, and so now he's fought it back and, and, but yeah, if you don't know the business side of your business, you can, you can, you can be burning through money and mm-hmm. upside down. You think you're making a profit. You're like, we're moving a lot of stuff here. Yeah. These 10 cent hoagies seem to be selling really yep. well. It <laughs> must awesome. be because they taste so good. And you're like, yeah, it might be the price is so stupidly low. People know what the good deal is. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I just, I was, I was on Fox news yesterday. I don't know if you saw that segment, but, and I was talking about why our sandwiches cost $16 at the restaurant. Yeah. And people kept coming onto my comment section on social media and going, if you would lower your prices, you'd sell more sandwiches. And I'm like, but if I lower my prices, I'll lose money. And the more I sell, the more I lose. It doesn't even make sense. But that's literally yeah. what people think out there that don't understand business. They, well, just lower your price. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Just lower your price. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's always that contingency that doesn't care if you stay in business or not. They just want a free ride. <laughs> you know, I was seeing this thing during COVID where there were people that were like, you know, they're on. There were farmers that were on TikTok and 
Instagram. Why am I? This is like a huge TikTok advertisement show, isn't it? <laughs> the well, you know, you're you're on there. I'm on there. Um, the uh, and, and these guys were talking about how much you know back then. This is when the supply chain was all fucked up. You know, gas prices were out of control, mm-hmm. and they're like. Uh, hey, you know, I, th- I remember there was one guy, he was in like this, this big storage facility for onions and they, I, I guess they store onions for quite a long time before they sell them. And so he's like, you got to understand, we just paid like super high gas prices for gas over COVID and our costs went through the roof on COVID and this cost is coming at you. And you, you're not going to see it now, but like a year and two years from now, you're going to see your food prices go through the fucking roof. Yep. And, you know, we saw that with eggs. I mean, at one point you couldn't buy eggs, milk, you know, everything. And, and, and so that's really it. Hopefully things are calming down the system and we're kind of getting through it. But, you know, it usually takes three to four years to to roll this stuff out, clean it up. It is. Our, our, whole, our wholesale costs on everything have gone up 30 to 40% in the past wow. three years. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you're locked even while our revenue is going down, right? So there's that mm-hmm. balance. I, I have this picture of this guy on a tightrope, you know, with that big long bar. And mm-hmm. I always call that the balance of business. You've got price on one side, you've got consumers on the other. And if one of those gets out of balance, you're going off the tightrope and your business is going to fail. Yep. So we have to charge enough to make money, but we can't charge too much. But while our costs are going up, our revenues are coming down because as costs go up, less people buy, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to find that balance. And then let the economy catch up to it eventually. But it's it's definitely a, a tightrope walk. There you go. Now, you know, you talk about starting a business with no money, no education, no clue. I started my first company with that at 18. I talk about my book, Beacons Leadership. The Our first multi-million dollar company was started with $2,000 and a lot of sweat equity. So that was mm-hmm. part of the no money, no clue. But we did have a clue at that point. I started enough projects and businesses that I, I kind of knew what I was doing when we finally hit. It's, it's that practice sort of thing where you try a bunch of shit and then finally something, mm-hmm. yep. you, you finally hit the ball. And then a year later, we started our second company with $4,000 and both turned into multi-million-dollar companies were profitable within three months. And this was in the brick and mortar days where you had to get yep. government approvals and sign contracts for leases. And, and you know this wasn't the time where you just call it GoDaddy and you got a business for 20 bucks. So give us some insight onto, onto what ways people nowadays with no money, no education, no clue can succeed. Probably first to read your book. <laughs> yes, read the book first. <laughs> but you know, there's so much more opportunity today than there was when I did oh, it. You know, I started when I was 21 and with no education, I failed out of high school, no, no, no college, no, I had no clue. But so mm-hmm. I went into landscaping. I figured anybody could dig a hole or mow grass. And so that's what I did. That was my first business. Mm-hmm. Today, you can literally get online, start an online business. Like I, I, I love what Elon Musk says. He goes, why are you going to college? You can learn everything there is in college just by going online on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? You have so much opportunity with the available resources to you today, the education, the video. There's a video on how to do literally anything. Everything, yeah. Pick something you want to do, watch a video on how to do it, and suddenly you're educated and you can go launch a business. Yeah. Um, you could just sit and watch your TikTok feed and learn all, from all the videos. Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, the, the opportunities are incredible. So. If you watch my TikTok feed, it's mostly drooling on the side of my mouth and, <laughs> I don't know, rolling around in my rubber room in a straitjacket. Don't don't be weird, people. That's not my OnlyFans channel. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have this comedic picture in my head of a room filled with just rubbers hanging <laughs> off the wall. 
man, there you go. So there you go. And, and yeah, you're right. This data is everywhere. You know, when I was young, I skipped going to college. I was supposed to go to University of Utah and I had a Pell Grant because my family was not rich and I flunked most of my classes on purpose. <laughs> You can read the book if I tell you why I did it. But I was just a stupid kid. And then by accident, I started my first company. And, and no one, I mean, I didn't even know that I was an entrepreneur at that pace. So I was just like, I'm trying to make a buck. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, I skipped going to college. And so I didn't have an education. I still don't to this day, except for what you talk about, street smarts. Yep. And uh, I don't even have that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but I knew I needed to educate myself. And that's really important because people see guys like you and me, they're like, oh, you, you, you know, you, you sell this, you don't need education sort of thing. And they're like, oh, I can just go do it. No. I mean, I had, I ordered Harvard Business Review. I -hmm. plotted to be a CEO of a big company. And so I would read Harvard Business Review, all the different business theories. I read every, you know, Peter Drucker, you name it, Tom Peters book. I read every book I could get my hands on for business. I prepared And that's the real key, but you're right. It's, it's so easy now. There's almost no excuse for it. Like if- yeah, I, I, I'm right with you there, Chris. If you, mm-hmm. I can look over the balcony here into, into my library. I've got several hundred books mm-hmm. and this, the interesting story is my daughter was over here about a year ago and she's looking at all my books and she's like, daddy, you got a lot of books on your bookshelves. And I said, honey, those aren't books. That's my brain. <laughs> Because I've absorbed everything in every single one of those books. And that's why I think the way I do. That's why I do the things I do. And honestly, that's why we've had a lot of success. Because I've totally immersed my brain in what all these incredibly brilliant people have put out in, you know, in these books. Which you can do today in podcasts just as well as the books and audibles and Kindles. Yeah, podcasts too. So yeah, educate. What do you say? The difference between you today and you five years from now? The difference between you today and you five years from now? Or the people you associate with, books you read, podcasts you listen to. Mm-hmm. It's the information you put in your brain. Yeah. If you hang out with drug dealers, you're going to be a drug dealer. You hang out listening to the Chris Voss show every day, you'll be a millionaire. It's just the way or it works. Or a drug dealer, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't have any of this. I don't know how your life was back in the day, but, you know, I grew up poor. We didn't have a whole lot of people that were inspirational or whatever going on. And I just had, I don't know. I was just a, I was just a stupid kid who somehow I knew the difference. I would look at baseball and go, this is dumb. Why do you go around four bases when you can just run to that second base straight <laughs> and come back? And that sort of brain thing and then growing up in a cult. So I had to kind of learn to think outside the box and learn to realize some of the brainwashing stuff that was going on and really taught me to analyze outside of the box where I could see things and, and look at things outside of paradigms and belief systems. And that right. really was life-changing for me. So it, it kind of helps to grow up in the cult people. The, <laughs> Let's all join. <laughs> as, as long as you don't drink the Kool-Aid, you're fine. <laughs> Evidently, I don't know. Or, you know, anyway. So, but I, I didn't have any of that around. You know, back then, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have anybody you could consult with. You want to know what my inspiration was as a kid? This what? is a funny story. So we're probably close to the same age. You remember the big fat JC Penney's catalogs we used to get? Oh, yeah, yeah. I oh, would I flip through there and circle everything I wanted. Oh, serious? Yeah. I would just, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And from a very young age, I just remember thinking, I got to figure out how I want to get all these things that I want in the JC Penney's uh-huh. catalog. There you go. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I like how you did that. You you were much more productive than that with you. I just never got out of the bra section. I was 12. <laughs> Give me a break. That's, that was... 
I wasn't going to go there. I mean, I'm right there with you, but I wasn't going to go there. Yeah, well, this I, I take the hits <laughs> on this show. So there you go. We make the guests look good. But uh, yeah, I mean, if the, basically, if you want a consultant back then, or if you want an advisor, you basically had to hire some attorney. Mm-hmm. who's like a business attorney and, you know, he <laughs> couldn't afford that dude. And so, you know, that was about the only advice you could get. But I mean, really, this is a world where you can be an entrepreneur. You can, you can get ahead. You can start a company, you can start a business. Um, I mean, I, 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 I just don't think there's any reason not to be an entrepreneur at this point. And I think it's really the future of business where things are going because AI is going to replace so much being a business and using your brain and selling the wares in your brain or, what lack you have if, of if you want to point. and you know you yeah. can even be a part-time entrepreneur we call it a side they call it a side hustle that's a yeah. part-time entrepreneur build it up until you can replace what you're doing full-time but yeah and by the way yeah. the tax advantages that come with it and you know there's just amazing opportunity to do all kinds of cool stuff by doing that yeah the tax advantages being able to write stuff off is the greatest thing in the world yeah so yeah I'm running this off right now. I don't know what that means. It sounded <laughs> funny in my head at the time. So you, you've you've gone onto TikTok. How's it like making that transition over there and getting, you know, getting your feet down? You know, you're clearly not dancing and singing, so you're you're it's, inspiring a new generation of people. It, as you know, all the different there's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's YouTube, mm-hmm. and there's Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn and Twitter. We post mm-hmm. on all these channels. It's amazing what hits on one channel is a complete dud on another channel. Huh. Like I can get my biggest TikTok is 1.6. That same video only got 50,000 on Instagram and three on LinkedIn. That's interesting. It's just, and then you got, I got one on Instagram that got over 3 million. Mm-hmm. They got a hundred thousand on TikTok and you know, four on Facebook. It's just, just different audiences. Stuff, it's weird yeah. the way it works. I, I, so you got to just go across the board with different, you know, genres of ideas and whatever to see who likes what. Yeah. And in building the audience, I mean, that's that's one thing you always have to do is just curate the audience, start and go, and then build it. But I like your advice on putting it everywhere. I mean, I, I meet these people for a lot of years that they just treated LinkedIn as a turd, and now they're trying to scramble and catch up on it. We've always treated it like a, a, a bank of gold, which it is. Mm-hmm. You know, our, the, the newsletter over there grows like a weed. We've got 130,000 group over there. It Huge. used to grow. It rose. It used to go really good, and then Microsoft bought LinkedIn, and and they they reworked the group, so they put everything on hold for a year or two, and kind of wow. hacked it. But yeah, there's there's just so many things you can do over there. But I'm glad you're over there inspiring a new generation, these young people, because you know TikTok is or not TikTok, Instagram's kind of just turned into a glorified dating app and an on ramp <laughs> to OnlyFans. I mean, it really has if you really understand what's going on over there. Um, I think there's some small nuances i mean clearly you've curated some sort of audience over there but tiktok to me is just it's just so where it's at it's where the kids are at i wish i'd embraced it sooner and gotten into it and and uh, it, it just seems like a great place to be what do you find resonates with that crowd the most because i think a lot of them are gen z right yeah it, i my my i just this restaurant tiktok i just put out mm-hmm. was the biggest tiktok i've done over there and it's just really about food costs. Well, I don't know why everybody got excited about food costs. Although here's what I find out about my audience on TikTok. I break them into four categories. There's which political party you assign or which political party you belong to determines whose fault it is. Because <laughs> you know? it's it's the other person's yeah. fault all the time. Doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. So half the people hate me and half the people love me. And mm-hmm. then because I do a lot of business stuff, there's the people that know nothing about business and then there's the people that do. 
And the ones that know business are like, oh my God, this is exactly right. And the ones that don't know business are like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're doing. So 50, look, 50% of the people hate me and 50% of the people love me, but they just love to talk about you on, on social media. It's, I know. It, it cracks me up. I, I have fun with them part sometimes. Of it. Yeah. I have fun with them. I just, I make fun of them backhand, you know, are you bless, the, your, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Southern thing. You're from Georgia, I think it was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, there you go. I love that. My mom used to say, "Bless the heart, bless your heart all the time," and she lives in Utah. And I finally had to sit her down and say, "Do you understand what bless your heart means in South? Because I don't think it means what you think it means." Yeah, it's 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 not it's not good. <laughs> yeah, she, she was into the good thing, and I'm like, I don't think I don't think. She's like, no, and I'm like, no, I don't. Think so everyone here in Georgia thinks they're being insulted by your mom. So yeah, <laughs> she doesn't have a lot of friends here. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing she's never gone down that way. The but. But yeah, TikTok and, and the folks, you know, we've had that we've had that problem for fifteen years, probably twenty years now on YouTube, where half the audience hates it and half the artist does, or they hate our content. Like we used to do a lot of videos back in the day with all the phones we get from AT and T, where it would be the Android versus iPhone. Right. So we'd start whole nuclear wars between that crowd <laughs> and drive uh, up that engagement, baby. Yeah, and people would be, you know, they're like, "You're stupid, Chris Voss, ugly and fat." And I'm like, I, "What's your point?" Yeah, uh, but you just paid. You just paid me like two cents to insult me. This is the greatest <laughs> gift like, ever. When you get really nasty, you say, "Hey, man, I appreciate you keep commenting because you're just like, driving that engagement up." Please do. Please insult <laughs> me more. My my bank account loves you. <laughs> I'll take all the abuse. Uh, please. Just the worst thing you can do is ignore me. Don't hurt my feelings yes. that way. That'll do it. Yes. Yeah, so TikTok's just a great place. So what are some of the projects you're working on? Anything coming on down the pike in the future? I think you mentioned a Yeah, book I got a new book. It's the, the, the big book was a dropout multimillionaire. The new book is called The Invisible Multimillionaire. Ah. And it is scaling your business through delegation, preparing for an exit, and creating generational wealth. Uh-huh. And so that's that's the next book that's coming out. It's, hey, a lot of entrepreneurs get into business because eventually they want to ride off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Too many of them are working 100-hour weeks and wouldn't know the sunset if it slapped them in the face, right? So we got to teach these people how to not work 100 hours a week, create a business where you can delegate their, your responsibilities off so when somebody is ready to buy you, you're going to get the highest multiple possible, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to buy a business if you're the mainstay of information and the customers all know you. If you can become invisible in your business, you Mm. create infinitely more intrinsic value in an exit. There you go. I, you know, and people need to really think about exits more. I had never, I was always an empire builder and I was like, I'm building companies for, for life. And then 2008 came along and said, no, all that 20 year old shit you built that empire, fuck Mm. you. And uh, our biggest gem was the mortgage company of all things. So, Good luck with that. And then uh, a couple of years ago, we had Michelle Sealer Tucker on, uh, who wrote the book Exit Rich. And mm-hmm. we've had another guy on who wrote Your Multimillionaire Exit. And she exploded my brain to start thinking about when you build a business, start thinking about building it to exit, yes. which I never did. Clearly, I named the, the podcast The Chris Voss <laughs> Show, which good luck selling that to anybody <laughs> without me being around. But uh, there you go. But it, it's, it did work out well because... I, I, I can change the format of whatever the fuck Chris Foss wants to talk about. So there, I do love that part. People but yeah, ask me, Brian, when do I, when should I sell my company? I said, when they give you enough money. When they give you enough money, <laughs> just watch yeah. those exponents. But yeah, building businesses and in, in for exits, I think is really more important. I was kicking myself going, what the hell was I doing all those years? I should have sold that shit before 2008. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's, that's the way to look at stuff now. So there's no more Chris Foss 
business names with my name on them anymore. Right, right. And uh, that's how we're going forward. So I think this is great. You're writing about this. Uh, anything you want to talk about? Maybe what's going on in 2004 business-wise? Anything you're forecasting? Looks like the rates might be coming down. Any any plays you see in the market? I, I got to be honest. I think the rates are coming down. I think the Fed is trying to help the Biden administration by doing that, you know, because they, they clearly want to see him back in office. So it's going to be interesting to see who wins the election, what happens in the economy after that. I have friends in private equity that are telling me they are keeping their powder dry because they need to figure out what's going to happen and who's going to be mm-hmm. in, in the office, uh, what new regulations may be coming out. I mean, just so much crazy stuff out there. I think, mm-hmm. honestly, we're going to be in a, in a period where interest rates are going to go down, the stock market's going to go up. I think real estate prices are going to continue to go down a little, and then they're going to go back up. But what happens in 2025 is going to be the key. And I and yeah. I, it depends on who gets elected. Politi- politically, yeah. Polit- um, politics plays so big a role in this. Democracy is overrated. It's, it's had 249 <laughs> years. Let's try something different. See how that fucking yeah, I want to be Galactic Supreme Commander. If they would do that, I'd run. Galactic Supreme? I think the position is <laughs> open. I haven't seen anybody yeah. up on that. On Battleship Galactica yet. The, what do you think about AI? Do you have any thoughts on AI? We talk about AI a lot on this. What an amazing... I use it as a... I use it as an idea generator. I mm. haven't... I'm not smart enough to figure out how to do everything that it can do. I literally use it as an amazing AI generator. Mm. You know, you write newsletters, I write them, I write articles and blogs and my podcasts. And I'll be like, what am I going to do a podcast on? I'm just going type in some ideas and it starts spitting all this stuff out and you're like, holy crap. It's like the most amazing idea generator in the world. And I know you can do a lot more with it, but that's all as far as I've gotten because I'm not that smart. Yeah. I'm still trying to build my AI girlfriend (laughs) and robot working on that too, but that's a side project I have. But no, the AI stuff is just extraordinary. We were talking yesterday with my good friend, Gary Shapiro, who runs CTA with the Consumer Tech Association and they put on the CES show every year. And so he comes by for the annual and we have a discussion about stuff. And I was talking about it. I'm like, so is everybody into AI this year? And he's, yeah, everyone's, you know, he, he wrote a book and talked about how everyone needs to think of themselves as a tech company. Even if you're mm-hmm. pouring concrete or collecting garbage, you need to think of yourself as a tech company. Collecting garbage, that's the other thing we do on the Chris Voss show. <laughs> we should put it in the motto byline. But so, so everybody, I think, needs to really start thinking about the use of AI, utilizing it. All right, let me give you functions. a conspiracy theory. You ready? Okay, sure. So you know that online Getty Images where it, yeah. if you ever if you ever put a picture of something, Getty Image is going to send you a letter and they're going to threaten oh, yeah. you and you know, they want money, right? Yeah. What would happen if somebody in India or Pakistan hired a bunch of people, a thousand people and put them in a warehouse at 10 cents an hour and said, just start typing into, into chat GBT, any topic you can think of, and we're going to take everything that gets spit out because a human touched it first, that makes it copy trade trademarkable or copyrightable. I don't know which one it is. And they literally copyright every word, sentence, combination possible to mankind, post it on the internet, and now they own every single piece of written language from now forever. And you can't write anything without giving them money. It would be an interesting thing to do. I mean, I don't think the copyright office is going to go for that, but... <laughs> I mean... They do with Getty Images. Well, yeah, I just, well, I mean, Getty Images does it, but I mean, you have to have the, I mean, for the most part, you need to have the U.S. Copyright Office to stamp off on it, right? I, I don't know that much about it. I just think. I mean, you could, you can claim copyright if you're in the photo or if you took the photo. 
So there's that. But yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of abuse. I think I think one of the biggest issues we're going to have, and, and this plays back into politics, which we don't want to get too deep in the show, but one of the things that they're talking about that we've talked on the show is there's going to be a ton of deep fakes of politics, you know, mm-hmm. the fake videos. There's going to be a lot of disinformation. One of the things I've been thinking about lately that I've been trying to write in my head a post about this is there's going to be so much disinformation that AI can put out. Like it's just going to go nuclear mm-hmm. level that, you know, we already have a problem now of trying to f- figure out what objective truth is. Hmm. And there is objective truth. People fuck you. People who think there's not, there, <laughs> there is a, a plant is a plant or, you know, what pick your objective truth, whatever it is, there is truth somewhere at the, at the core of something. We already have enough people that are too dumb to figure that out. I mean, the George Carlin, bit of you know think of how dumb the average person is and 50 percent of the people are dumber than that and of course none of those people are in my audience we have the 50 percent above the average but you know and, and we have people now that can't discern stern objective truth reality from misinformation and mm-hmm. with with ai going nuclear level of what people can really spin out especially for political objective or disinformation i mean you, if you want to take out a ceo of GE or something, or, you know, a, a professor of maybe a college and you just generate, maybe he, he had an OnlyFans account or something. And I know, just saw a video of Elon Musk saying that he now has water powered cars and electric's going to go away. Really? I'm actually honestly trying oh, to figure out a, if that was true or not. <laughs> Cause it yeah, is I Elon. Mean, you have to look at it and you have to be like, <laughs> but yep. you know, think of Elon, by the way, with neuro, with Neuralink. What mm-hmm. happens if he actually perfects Neuralink? Why would anybody ever go to school again? I mean, th- that's a good point, but I'm not sure he's the sort of guy who should be talking about it, given his instability. <laughs> <laughs> like, if he if he should get somebody else to sell Neuralink. Like, I look at him and I just go, I'm not sure I want to buy Neuralink from someone who's on the spectrum there, buddy. I'm not being biased. I'm just saying, you know, you might want to back off the fucking ketamine cowboy. <laughs> so there you go. Whatever the fuck he's on this. Him week. and Matthew Perry. Yeah too, too soon, yeah, too soon, too yeah, soon, too, too soon. soon. Wow, you 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 just you just blew out all three people we had from the friends contingency in the audience, man. What the too fuck? Soon. Yeah, and they loved Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, on the show. I'm just yanking a reference, but no, I don't. Is there a Sarah? I don't even know who the chick is on the show. There's a. I'm just making up shit as I go along. That's how we do it on the show. But no, I think I think so. I think what we need to do is we need to have some entrepreneurs create innovative AI systems that are going to combat the dis- disinformation. And if I was smart mm-hmm. enough, I'd probably launch this company where it would be basically a Snopes.com uh, that mm-hmm. would run on like AI. Snopes AI. I Snopes like AI sort of thing. And it would it would try and, you know, get to the bottom of, you know, where is objective truth here? We did, might have caught that Elon Harvard Musk professor a little quicker. That. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that way, you know, I mean, the, the truth goes around the world, the old Churchill thing, fast, the lie goes around the world faster than the truth can get out of bed or whatever, <laughs> pick your rendition. It, it's going to get worse and it's going to be so bad. And like you, like you said, you and I, we see it over TikTok. You'll see Elon or Joe Rogan is another popular one they use. Yep. They, they use this about anybody famous and you'll see their mouth isn't synced right and it's yeah. mucked with and it's some deep fake and you know, selling stuff. I've seen Taylor Swift's image used to sell some pots and pans. They're like, hey, it's Taylor Swift here, and we're out of pots and pans. I'm like, how is this still up? What is it? If I was Taylor Swift, man, I'd be CAD and cease and desist the hell out of that TikTok. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, even I've had to look at some videos and be like, wait, that's not, that's not Elon Musk talk. That's, that's spoofed. 
I got my first couple of fake accounts on TikTok last week. Oh, did you? Congrats. You finally I, I, arrived. I'm yeah, I'm you somebody. finally arrived. You are. I sent it to TikTok and I said, hey, you need to take this down. And they were like, it doesn't violate our policy. Yeah. Like, you know what? what? You know what the trick is? This is why no one copies me. Be ugly and fat. <laughs> Nobody copies the Chris Voss. That's Vox it. Show. I'm getting some Twinkies. Yeah. And what are you done here? Yeah, just If you do that, if you get really fucking ugly and really fat, <laughs> like all my friends that are good looking, they, they always have these copies up. They're like, hey, somebody made this copy Facebook. I think maybe there's been like two copies of Chris Voss online. And you and need then, to get, you need get yeah. Twinkies as a sponsor, man. Yeah. And then there's the other guy who hijacked us in 2016 or words brands, but he has resting bitch face. Looks like he's taking a shit all the time. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I just had to get that in again. Any further thoughts or pitch on what you got coming up? People to pick up your books, et cetera, et cetera. No, man. Brian Will Media, my website. Go there. Buy everything. Hit me up. In my coaching <laughs> programs. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> buy everything, damn it. He just goes right for it. Just, just, that's my sales just, pitch. Just right for the... There you go. He's, he's got the clothes down. So we got your .coms, right? Where, where do you want people to find you on the interwebs? Do we get a plug-in for the podcast too? Everything is on there. It's the Dropout yeah. MM is everywhere. All the social media channels. And then BrianWillMedia.com is the website. Everything is on there as well. That's the easy part. There you go. Well, thanks for inspiring this new generation Z to finally get off their ass and get something done with their lives and start businesses and stuff because I need them to pay my social goddamn security. <laughs> Chris, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. This was a lot of fun. There you go. Well, that's what we do on the Chris Walsh show. Hey, come back anytime. Uh, I'd love to have you on. Brian. All right. I'll talk and, to you tomorrow. Uh, what? Two o'clock? Well, let's not, <laughs> let's not push it, buddy. I mean, let's, let's pace ourselves. Let's oh, okay. Right okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we'd love to have you on anytime and, and I'll keep watching what you're doing and you're inspiring me to get our asses moving on our TikTok account, which we've been ignoring because I don't know, we've been busy. So thanks for coming on, Brian. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. There you go. Thanks to our audience for tuning in. We couldn't do it without you guys as well. Please, for the love of God, refer this show to your family, friends, and relatives. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, Chris Foss, one of the TikTok, Eddie Chris Foss, uh, the 130,000 group on LinkedIn, all the places, damn it. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. 